WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS bowl. Is Megatron really as mega as records show? Here's one story that will get you thinking. Also, some student tax money could be for football. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. That's right. Who would think that student tax money could go towards this MSU football team? Again, I'm Alex Sharg. Same time, same place. 7 to 8 p.m. on Mondays on, on Impact 89 FM. Uh, if you're in your car, if you can't really listen to your radio anymore, you can always stream us online. You can go to www.impact89fm.org. Uh, you can click on the Listen Live Now link. It's on the top right-hand corner of your screen. And you can stream us anywhere, whether in your, you're in Miami, Florida, whether in you're, you're at San Jose State University. We are a nationally listened station, so we appreciate the national reach each week that we get. Again, we have a special guest each week. Uh, usually comes on between the first 10, 20 minutes of the show. And this week, we have a a special guest in studio once again. It's Max King, who's the new assistant director of sports content for for Impact 89FM and Impact Sports, as it will newly be branded. So Max uh, is who is also a water polo fanatic, who actually is actually uh, going in a little charity water polo game tomorrow. Uh, Max, I don't know if you want to talk about that, where the event is, where people can find more information on that. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show again, Alex. Uh, like I said, Max King, assistant sports director, playing in a alumni game tomorrow for my former high school. Um, it's just uh, placed, uh, uh, you know, kind of go back, see some old faces, former teammates, friends, coaches, and whatnot. And uh, it should, yeah, it should be a lot of fun to, to just uh, come come back and uh, support what they uh, have done over the past. Yeah, uh, yeah, eight and, years. and we know how hard water polo is because we talked about last week treading water. You know, it, it's basically like soccer with with some minor rule changes. Uh, and and this game tomorrow is is it gonna get a little competitive or, or how are you gonna handle it? It's always competitive, yeah. Um, and but, uh, but it's charity though. You know, what do you say to people that that say, <laughs> you know what? We're not going to be as competitive because this is a charity. This isn't a world championship. It's hard to be passive and play it. So um, I, I think anytime you you take it seriously, that you're you're, you're gonna get in there and it's it's gonna be intense. <laughs> Especially the the former students uh, or not, I should say the students there who know you. They they want to get in uh, as much as many shots as they can at you. Um, from uh, maybe uh, you know, you know that's a good question, and let's open the show with that five one seven four three two three eight nine three. You can also tweet at us at eighty nine FM Sports Rap. If you were competing in a charity event, would you be aggressive as you would when you're playing a normal game at the high school level, college level, whatever it is? How aggressive would you be at a charity event? I mean, it's charity. You know what I mean? So uh, feel free to call in 517-432-3893. We'll open the show with that. And as Max said, uh, uh, Assistant Director of Sports Content, if, if you are interested in getting involved with Impact Sports, feel free to come to the basement of Holden Hall. That's G6. Again, Holden Hall. And there's an application at the front desk that you can fill out and and, and show that you are interested in Impact Sports and we'll be getting back with you as soon as you turn in that application. So feel free to come down. Basement of Holden Hall anytime between office hours and fill out an application. Uh, within the next coming week or so, well, we're actually going to have some a couple guests on here as Impact Sports develops. We're going to have a summer schedule of our new Impact Sports team members on the air with us um, as we're slowly making this a thing. So uh, get ready for for new sports programming next week, I believe is when we will be starting with some new guests, new faces, and new features. So stay tuned for that. But as we start each week on the show, we have our Chad Ocho Zero segment. And oh my goodness, last week, uh, we, we thought it was a miracle. He had no trouble. It's a it, slow week. It was a slow week. You know, we've we seen it happen time and time again where th- this guy stayed out of trouble. Uh, still richly unemployed. Uh, but then again, in, in, in previous weeks, we saw a little bit of what Chad Johnson was made of. I mean, and when I say what he was made of, I mean, we saw that this man is made of domestic violence. I mean, because the Evan Lazada ordeal, who is a star of Basketball Wives, he has a domestic violence abuse case against her. So some pretty alarming news. And uh, with this domestic abuse charge that Evelyn Lazada filed, he had to report to a probation officer for many months. And it turns out that this week, Chad Johnson... On May 7th, this started, and this is the amusing thing, it started on May 7th, but it wasn't initially reported 
until May 16th that there was a warrant out for Chad Johnson's arrest because he failed to report to his probation officer. And not only did he fail to report to his probation officer, Max, but he failed to show up in domestic abuse violence classes that he was mandated to take by the court order. So Chad Johnson, he's sitting there, sunny side in San Diego, tweeting pictures of the beautiful weather. He gets a little report saying, hey, what? guess what, Chad? You, you have a warrant out for your arrest. So fly back to Florida and turn yourself in. So four days later, and that's the funny thing. He doesn't even do it right away. He does it four days later. On May 20th today, Chad Johnson turns himself in to Broward County, uh, Broward County Court and at Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, actually, I have a cousin there, so pretty funny. I wonder if my cousin saw him. But uh, uh, So uh, Broward County Court, uh, he turns himself in, and now he has a $1,000 bond. But the thing was is we all know Chad Johnson, uh, you know, it's very personable. He, he's, he's very in your face. So when Chad Johnson was taken into the court, in front of the judge, he tried to explain to the judge that it was a misunderstanding. I've gone to my, I've gone to my classes, but then the judge asked Chad, "How many of the classes have you been to since March?" You know what his answer was? Take a guess. Uh, he had been. I, I don't know the number, but I know he had still what seven classes left to take. Seven cla- but but guess how many he's been to since March? March twenty third. Was it like one or two? One class. Yeah. So. Uh, Regardless of what the lawyer tried to explain and the reason why he only came to one class, the judge wasn't buying it. So she, she put him up, a $1,000 bond. She didn't take the bait. There's another hearing scheduled for June 3rd. So that's what's new with Chad Johnson this week as he is jailed until proven guilty until further notice. So feel free to call in. Like I said, 517-432-3893 is the number. You can also tweet at us at 89FM Sports Chat. We're taking your tweets all show long. And like I said... Would you be aggressive in a charity game? I mean, I'm going to just just go off for this for a second before we get back to, uh, to Chad Johnson. Is that if I was playing in a charity game, and let's say it's a 3-2 to two game, there's 20 seconds left, Max, and I'm dribbling down the court for a wide open layup. But the thing is, is if I'm playing in a charity game, and maybe I'm looking to foul, I, I'm going to be a little bit easy because I'm not trying to create injuries in the charity game. The last thing people would need... Is everyone going out for a good cause? You, you make a game tying layup, you're trying to foul, and you don't want a charity game erupting into a blood fest. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, I think it's two situations. If I'm the one trying to score, I'm going to score and, and I'm, I'm going to go all out. Um, if you're on the other um, end of the, you know, if you're on defense, I probably don't go as hard as I would. You know, I don't, I don't get, do the hard foul or the intentional foul there or, or whatever. But, um, you know, fans like a good show, so you have to put on a good show as well as uh, no matter what, what kind of cause it's for. But uh, if it's me, I'm 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 still playing. I'll say that I'm still playing. Okay, fair enough. And back to the Chad Johnson segment for a second. Uh, in past weeks, if you did not know, before he was arrested, uh, Chad Johnson has made all all kinds of noise, uh, from uh, having an illegal sex tape online to uh, the restraining order against her for for Evelyn Lozada's daughter getting involved. For Chad Johnson actually uh, having a Twitter war with her all over the place. So, I mean, this guy's been a man of many examples on why he really cannot contain himself. When it comes to media, when it comes to public image, when it comes to a lot of things. So, moving on from the Chad Johnson segment now, uh, I just want to give you a quick rundown of what to expect in today's show. At 7.08, so right now after we're done giving this rundown, we're going to give you an MSU Sports Roundup. And there is a lot, a lot of MSU news to get to today. Whether it's MSU's basketball's Big Ten schedule, we'll break down which games to look at. And when it also comes to MSU baseball not making the tournament, some storylines from the year, what happened this weekend with MSU baseball. But there is another baseball team that made the World Series. I'll tell you what that team is at 708 as we begin. We'll also get to MSU football. There's a guy, a rap sensation by the name of Dat Bull. We'll tell you who that is and why he has to do with anything MSU football related as well within that 708 time slot. We'll also get to the MSU football stadium additions and why some of the new additions could come out of your tuition money. We'll also get into the new football broadcaster uh, color commentator for the Spartan Sports Network. We'll, we'll congratulate who that who that uh, lucky man is. And we'll get into some interesting news out of a column written by Joe Rexroth from the Detroit Free Press on Big Ten coaches getting a pay increase. And you won't believe, Max, how much money our Michigan State wide receivers coaches, running backs coaches, and secondary coaches are making. I mean, I was shocked. This, these are more than doctors. So we'll, we'll get to that uh, at the 708. We'll also get into to golf and a little bit of hockey and a very well-known Spartan alum who is 
killing it on the ice this postseason with the Boston Bruins. 725, it's looking more like 730 now. We're going to probably go for a while on MSU Sports. But Detroit Tigers, Cabby had a big day. Three home runs last night against the Texas Rangers. They're actually playing tomorrow with Cleveland in a two-game series. And then Minnesota, they've got for three games. But with Cabby's big day, they still lost the game. And he's the actually only player out of 23 players in history to have three home runs, five RBIs, and four runs. Cabby is the only player to not win the game that he played in. So we'll get into some Tiger issues, the Verlander saga. Uh, Sanchez got, eat up last, got, got eaten up last game. And then we'll get into the injury of Austin Jackson and why the pitching just isn't there. 7.33, we'll get into the Detroit Red Wings uh, and their Game 3 matchup with Chicago. And the rest of the lineup, since we're uh, running a little bit short on time, we'll get to you at 7.30 what the rest of the lineup is and basically just the main topics. Detroit Pistons and NBA playoffs, Detroit Lions, and then our Goon of the Week, who uh, actually is very lyrical. We'll tell you who that is and why. So... Starting off today's show, like I said, we've got to start with MSU Sports first because that is our main, uh, that's our saga. Uh, So uh, basically, when it comes to MSU Sports, you've got to look at the Big Ten schedule that was just released, Max. And and I'm sure you've taken a look at this, and I have too, but there's some pretty cautious games that I'm looking at this schedule. And And if you have not been following, there are several games this year that are also known as one played games, end quote, and unquote, end quote, one played games. And what, what, what that means is there are several games this season that Michigan State has that isn't, uh, isn't a series. And what that means is there are many times last year where we saw at Michigan, home against Michigan. You saw at Ohio State, then uh, home against Ohio State. Well, Michigan State has several, several games this year where they're either at Minnesota, and that's it, there's no home game, or they're home against the team and there's no away game. So basically what you need to get out of that is Nebraska and Minnesota, who were awful teams last year in the Big Ten, they basically have Michigan State at Breslin Center, and they don't have any games hosted in their arena. Now what does that mean for Michigan State, Max? That means that Michigan State has a very low strength of schedule in the Big Ten Conference because if they did play an away game at Minnesota... At Nebraska, it would be very easy to look at those matchups and give Michigan State a nod and say, you know what, this team, as much as they have had some easy teams, winning games on the road is not easy. And when you look at the the, the, the history of games played on the road, it's not an easy task. So that certainly does not help. Another thing that does not help is that Purdue and Wisconsin are on the road are on the road only. So if we drop one of those two tough games then you know what? When when people look at it and 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 we saw we saw we saw it last year with Michigan. We took one from them. They took one from us. So when they look at the games after that, they're going to look at the strength of schedule when determining the RPI ranking. When they're determining which teams get certain certain nods over others in terms of ranking, they're going to look and be like, you know what? I'm not so sure this Michigan State team deserves it. I mean, first of all, Max, talk about what this means and and what your what your take on on this is. Well, I've always been a believer of having a more difficult schedule than not having one. Um, I guess I'm okay with having uh, road games at Purdue, Wisconsin, and not Nebraska and Minnesota. Though I don't think I should. We should exclude Minnesota because that's always a tough place to win. That's always been kind of a, a sneaky place uh, to get caught up and get a loss. And happened last year. They lost at Minnesota early on in the season. Um, I guess I, I, li- I like the tests on the road. Um, certainly, any road wins you can get are helpful. So. Having an at Nebraska, not having an at Nebraska, hurts because that's a good road win for you to get, and um, and they've had Nebraska's number since they've entered the Big Ten. Minnesota again, that can be a, a good win if you if you win on the road, which they have had some trouble with. Purdue and Wisconsin, Michigan State's shown that they can win at Wisconsin now, um, and they've and they've had good luck with Purdue. So I I guess I'm okay with it. Um, I'm actually I guess more upset about some of the other teams that don't have to play each other or only play each other once. Yeah, and that's definitely a concern because you look at some of the other teams in this Big Ten and you look at Wisconsin, you look at Rutgers and Maryland who actually aren't going to be here until next year, but then you look at Wisconsin's schedule and they don't have to play at Ohio State or at Michigan State. And those are probably the two top teams in the Big Ten as we saw from this year's tournament. 
yeah, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you don't schedule those games because I, I don't know. I, I think it's a shame just because those are always such good games. And then I've always said that Wisconsin has such a unique style of play when they, they really slow it up. Um, it's still shocking to me how they, uh, how Bo Ryan thinks he can go deep in NCAA tournaments with that. But, um, I don't know that that might help them out more this year, but um, I think if if they if they have a really good record um, late in the Big Ten season, you can definitely put an asterisk next to their name because they didn't go to U of M or, or excuse me, yeah, Ohio yeah. State or MSU. And to all the listeners out there, are you upset that Wisconsin doesn't have to play at Michigan State? How how, how much of an impact does this have on you? Five one seven four three two three eight nine three again. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. We'd love to hear from you when it comes to this Big Ten schedule because we're pretty angry too. I mean, it doesn't make sense that we have to go, you know, away to Purdue and then we have to go away to Wisconsin. Two great teams and they don't have to come here and face us. So we'll move we'll move tides now and jump a little bit to... Uh, oh, oh, and actually, one more tidbit before we leave. Ohio State doesn't have to play at Michigan either. I don't know how that got... I don't know how Amazing. that happened. Amazing. Uh, moving on now to MSU baseball, uh, they needed to sweep this past weekend to make the Big Ten turn, uh, you know, to to advance in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they needed a sweep against Penn State, and that was away at Happy Valley. And then Michigan and Illinois did not need to sweep their series, so a lot of different possibilities needed to happen for this Michigan State baseball team uh, to come in and advance in this Big Ten tournament. Unfortunately, they did not. They fell nine to nothing at Penn State, and then they actually did clamor them though, uh, sixteen to one. Uh, out of one of the games, but you know what? Jake Boss had not much to say. Jake Boss Jr., the Michigan State baseball coach, a very disappointed season, he said, and not much to really take out of it from what we gathered as media. But one thing that I gathered, Max, this year was the was the explosion of Blaze Salter. I mean, we saw his games. I mean, from home runs, uh, multi-home run games, uh, you know, to 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 crucial base hits, to so many RBIs. I mean, this guy probably has some uh, some pro- professional potential here. I would have to think so. Um, you know, he's he's certainly shown that he can um, become one of those five tool guys, and uh, it'll be like, exciting to see him play in in future years. And uh, you know, it, it, it was a disappointing season for them. Um, silver lining in that would be though that is the winningest senior class that they've ever had. Um, and I just think that they kind of went down this year. Uh, they, they did lose some talent to the uh, Major League Baseball. Um, but anytime you make an a NCAA tournament for the first time in you know how many years, it was over 30 years, um, and then you don't make it that next year, um, it's always disappointing. But they'll be back at it. I mean, he's really turned that program around, and I'll be excited to see what they can do in the future. And we will have to wait and see. But you know what, Max? There's another baseball team from Michigan State moving on that not necessarily are moving on through the Big Ten tournament, but they're moving on to the World Series. I mean, this is a championship team we have at Michigan State. Now, who is that team and why and and how are they going to the World Series? Well, the Michigan State club baseball team, that's right, club baseball team, they're going to Athens, Georgia uh, for the World Series championships, uh, coached by former LCC head coach Bob Every. So kudos to the club baseball team from Michigan State. They did something that the Michigan State baseball team could not do. Uh, I mean, that's an amazing story. I mean, you you really don't hear about that that much. No, we haven't. We actually heard about the same thing uh, with the roller hockey team this year. They also they also made a deep run into their their club championship. Um, yeah, and and before before that story came out, I had no idea that Bob Beverly was the coach there. He was the former LCC softball coach there, and had a really really uh, good time there. He won a national title in 2002 in the uh, junior college and posted a lot of you know 30 40 win seasons. He did have a little bit of uh, some uh, spiders though in, in his back pocket because he he got fired from LCC uh those right, two right. years ago now and, and, uh, and I didn't want to say it over the air because you know uh, I've met Bob briefly once and, great guy yeah great yeah. guy uh mm-hmm. but I mean that must look good for him I mean that's an aha for LCC so. yeah I, I'm, I'm happy for him because um he really was a great coach and we do we never really found out if those allegations were true or not um but uh you know we're happy for Bob he he's a legend around the greater uh Lansing sports he's a sports hall of famer so um, we're happy for him, and we hope that they they can really excel in the world uh, the World Series there. Absolutely. Uh, now jumping to MSU football, as you heard us last week, Michigan State football finished with the best cumulative GPA ever for a team, two point seven five. That's the best all time, all time. So very good to start the year. Looks like this Michigan State heart of a Spartan team 
is uh, slowly moving towards what they would have liked to do last year. But there was one little setback that happened this week, and we got to get Randy ready because he's got to cue this up. Uh, we're going to play a little clip of a Michigan State setback that was not only unfortunate because he lost his scholarship, but he goes by a different name, and it goes something like this. Dat Bull for Life is his name. That's right. We're actually going to cue that back up one more time so you can hear that. Dat Bull for Life is taking your wife. That's right. If you're listening, and if you're wondering who this Dat Bull is, feel free to call in 517-432-3893. Jay Harris, former Michigan State commitment, uh, who is a wideout from Pennsylvania, had that scholarship rescinded by Mark Antonio and his staff because of his illicit rap videos that he posted under the name Jay Dapple, and he actually said in an interview uh, later on that he didn't really want his parents to know that this was his true love, and I'm sure they wanted him to get that Big Ten education, that scholarship, but he's dropping out for rap. Now, whether this is a good move, a distraction, Max, what's your take on this? I think it's pretty easy to say that it's not the best choice for him. Uh, An education is key in pretty much uh, any type of lifestyle that you live. Um, we talked about it. I, I talked about it before the show with you that um, he doesn't seem to get a, a lot of good publicity even before the story wait, wait, broke wait. out. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think he gets pu- good publicity with this? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, Randy, we got to cue this up one more time, man. Uh, let, let's cue this up. I mean, I don't understand how you cannot get good publicity with something like this, all right? He's taking people's wives. I mean, what, what, how can you go wrong with taking someone's wife, Max? Well, you can, you can do a lot of wrong things with that. I mean, it's just, it's it's sad to see, though, because um, you know, hate to see a person that young get stripped of a huge opportunity like that. And so it's sad to see that. We hope he lands on his feet um, and gets some sort of education. Um, but Mark Antonio said that um, after he, he saw those series of videos that came out, that he that's just not the type of guy they're looking for, and he, you know, vice versa. He wasn't looking for that type of program, obviously. That um, that kind of um, bogs down on you that much. So um, you know, if it's not if it's not a mutual relationship, then it's just not going to work. And um, you know, it's good move on Mark Antonio. Absolutely. Uh, another good move uh, that Michigan State did make this past week was a new addition to the color analyst on the Spartan Sports Network. That is Jason Strayhorn, that's right, football legend, who will be coming on to replace Jim Miller as the color analyst. And if you're wondering what happened to Jim Miller, he is now moving on to the Chicago Bears broadcast team, and he's doing a little bit of communications work in their offices. But, you know, great moves for Jason Strayhorn. I mean, What's your thought on this, Max? Well, he's a great player at MSU, and um, he, he's done good work for them um, as sideline guy for the last couple of years. And uh, we wish Jim Miller the best in Chicago. And uh, Spartan Sports Network, uh, they're still getting a good guy. Absolutely. Uh, but there were some other interesting news bits that came out this week that had to do with the football stadium that was a little army, Max. Uh, and what that is is that it turns out that Michigan State's and, and if you were not aware of what's going on with the football stadium, uh, Michigan State is planning to put $24 million towards renovations in the north end of the stadium. That's two full-size practice fields and another one with synthetic turf. That's going to be added. They're also adding a new film tower, a uh, multifaceted film tower with many features that you can add. Uh, that's going to be in five digits. And then they're adding new locker rooms, a recruiting room, which is still to be determined what that will be, and then a new media center. So for people like us, that's great. And for anyone that may be getting involved with Impact Sports, you may have something to look forward to. Uh, But what the big story is, is although construction is scheduled to begin at May 2014 and get ready for the upcoming season, some of these upgrades can come from student tax hikes that comes with tuition. Now, whether you agree, disagree with that, I mean, that's the school's take on whether they uh, will allow certain taxes or not, but... Max, what kind of effect does that have? I mean, we've seen tax you know, hikes before for many different reasons, uh, but I don't think this will be highly debated as much. Yeah, I mean, people like athletics, especially here at Michigan State. I, I still think you're going to get a little bit of an uproar for maybe the people that are invested in athletics so much. They're, I mean, if you're not invested in something, you don't want to pay more for something you're not invested in. Um, so, you know, it, it, the stuff that's just how, how it works, though. I mean, you have to get money from somewhere. 
And um, and certainly, you know, there are upgrades that they do need uh, compared to some of the other Big Ten schools that they're trying to compete with. So, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what the, the general public's view on it is as it kind of comes to fruition. Uh, but, you know, I think there'll be a little bit of an uproar for those maybe non-athletic people uh, that don't really follow the Spartan sports as much. Right. And another thing you got to look at it is what this is going to do for recruiting. I mean, a new recruitment center, brand new athletic facilities. I mean, and when you look at Michigan State's athletic facilities compared to others like Oklahoma State, who has $200 million sitting in the bank from a donor for athletic facilities, you know, it's it's sometimes unmatched. So that's definitely going to help. And, of course, Michigan is making renovations of their own. But, I mean, they're certainly competing neck and neck. So that that's very great to see. But if you're listening out there, 517-432-3893. You can tweet at us at 89FM Sports App as well. Are you a little bit bugged that your tuition money is going towards Michigan State football renovations? Whether it's a new locker room, whether it's a media center, whether it's a new film tower, which, you know what, great that they're scouting it out. looks like they're doing their work. But are you a little upset that your tax money isn't going to something more important? Would you like better meals in the calves? Would you like Hubbard Hall's calf to get upgraded? Are there certain other renovations at this school that you see more fitting than athletic dedications? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be up here all show. But before we cap off this half hour, we've got a couple more topics to get to. Uh, Matthew Mosley finished off his golf tenure here at Michigan State, tying 22nd at the Ohio State University Scarlet Course in the NCAA Regionals, so unable to move on to the championships. But hey, a good run. I mean, he's, he's the sole guy out there, uh, phenomenal golfer, and hopefully he'll have a, a bright future too, Max. And then in women's golf, they finish 8th place as a team at the NCAA Central Regional, and they're scheduled to play tomorrow uh, uh, through the 24th in Athens, Georgia, for the championships too. So um, very good sight to see, and hopefully they'll move on as well. Yeah, we, uh, we we don't get a lot of coverage from women's golf, and hopefully that's something we'll be able to do as uh, Impact Sports uh, uh, gets uh, more and more involved. But uh, congratulations to the women's golf team. They've been doing a phenomenal job, and uh, we hope that they all shoot well tomorrow. Hope the weather, weather hopes up as well. Yeah, and um, you know what? Another thing is, uh, hey, Randy, let, let's leave the computer up a little bit loaded here because, uh, you know, there's there's one Michigan State um, hockey player. Uh, his name's Tory Crew. And he has just had a phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal, run uh, this playoffs as he was called up. Uh, little was expected for a guy like Tory Krug because uh, Tory Krug is a guy that was playing in the minors for a lot of this playoff run. He comes in, he gets his first career goal in overtime, and you know the the thing about it was that although he gets his first career goal. I mean, the play, the, 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 the way that he got the goal was just tremendous. Uh, you're you're going to take a listen to this first goal and see how it came to be for Tory Krug right here. Now Marchand brings it ahead. Brad Marchand. Trying to drop that back. Finds Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton. Walks it across. Krug in. Shoots. Scores! Tory Krug. His first National Hockey League goal. And that's right, tying the tying the game in the third, and then them going on to win the game. I mean, that is just tremendous for Tory Crew. He's been, you know, he's had he's a great player for them, especially in their organization. And you know, he he, he got a little bit of taste with uh, the Boston Bruins when he first got drafted, and um, he's making a, he's going to make a tough decision when they have some guys coming back uh, from injury on who to keep. He's certainly making uh, a case for himself to be on that roster permanently, not just in the playoffs. We saw that with Justin Ablocator when he first broke in. They, he you know, came up through the playoffs and proved himself in the playoffs. Now he's a regular starter. So hopefully the same for Tory Crew. Absolutely. And if you want to comment on the Tory Krug ordeal, 517-432-3893. Again, the number 517-432-3893 if you want to comment on anything going on with Tory Krug during the show. But we're going to jump to a quick break right now, and we're going to lead you out with our man of the hour. And it's the man himself. Let's turn this up. Uh, it's it's Jay Devil. I mean, you can't get enough of this guy. Uh, when we return from this break, we're going to get to a little bit more about the Detroit Pistons, 
We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. We'll get into the NBA draft lottery, Detroit Lions, and then our goon of the week. You don't want to leave your radio dial. You're listening to Impact Exposure. variety than you'll hear on any other station listen to the impact prime time where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week tuesday nights from eight until midnight the impacts progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music only on impact prime time you wouldn't send a text while using a chainsaw check out these pics of this huge tree falling you probably wouldn't text while scuba diving and you definitely wouldn't send a text while making out. You are so smoking hot. I love your elbows. Wait, hold on a second. Huh? I need to send this. OMG, I'm like totally kissing him right now. Dude, what the f***? So why would you send a text while driving? Well, that's different. That's what about 6,000 people who died last year said. Oh. And now, it's illegal in Michigan to read, type, or send any text from your phone while driving. It's a $100 fine for the first offense and 200 bucks after that. Ouch. Check out Michigan House Bill 4394. Be a part of the solution and save a life. And seriously, put the phone away while you're making out. Aw, come back, Cuddle Bunny. You need help. 88.9 The Impact. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM live every Monday night from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Impact 89 FM, 88.9 FM. I'm Alex Sharg, same time, same place, and to my left we have Max King, Assistant Sports Director here at the Impact Sports Department, and water polo enthusiasts and participants, <laughs> athletes, excuse me. Uh, but like I said, before we got off the break, uh, we were just discussing a little bit about Tory Krug's goal, and then our boy Jake Bull uh, stealing people's wives, and, and this is the lyric that really got me. I'm, all, I'm not about that sober life. Mm. So, uh, you know. That, that's going to definitely earn you a scholarship in it's Michigan tough State. talk for an underaged man. <laughs> that's right. Now, we're going to switch tides here and go from Dat Bull to Detroit Tigers. And Miguel Cabrera had a phenomenal day. Three home runs, five RBIs, four runs scored. There are 23 other players in history to do that, to have those exact numbers. But Miguel Cabrera was the first one to not win the game, Max. And that is very, very alarming to me because... How often does a Triple Crown winner, MVP winner, uh, how, how often is that person not able to win a baseball game? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, um, as I'm sure many of you heard last night, that was his second three-home run game. And I actually remember the first one he had a couple years ago in 2010 against the Oakland Athletics, which was also a loss. They lost 4-3, to three, and Miguel Cabrera was responsible for all of those um, runs in home run form. So it's not only ironic that he lost it last night, but the two, two times he's hit three run home or excuse me three home runs in a game he's lost both games uh so that yeah that is kind of right freaky. but but here's the thing that really bothers me max is that yes he hit three home runs it's not like this is a first he lost it against oakland that's a great point but what i'm really upset about is that he knocked in five rbis the tigers score eight runs and they still lose the game and that all has to do with pitching pitching i mean we talked about it at the start of the season with the whole Valverde signing, whether that was a scare, whether you, you know, you really screamed and left the room when you saw that he was coming back to the Tigers organization. You know, they didn't really have a closer, so he was the guy to call up. And now you're looking at relief pitchers like Phil Koch, who has been consistent. You're now looking at Jose Ortega, who didn't give up a run until last game, the game that really mattered with a record-setting game. And now you're looking at pitchers like Al Albuquerque, who was great last year, who, who has control issues. And we're going to jump to this next point about pitching. Ortega's bad performance this year, four earned runs, first four given first four runs given up all year, and then Verlander got picked apart too. And then you look at Coke, two earned runs, his ERA is so high up this year, very inconsistent at games. How how worrisome is this relief pitching now? And, he, and even starting pitching after this, this string of games this week, Max. 
Up until last night, or I guess you could even make the argument to the Texas series, the bullpen had really actually been quite quite good, and they've been consistent. Um, they go through slumps. I still think they're trying to find exactly uh, the bullpen roster that they want. Like you said, they still have you know they still have a lot of people in uh, AAA that they can bring up, and they've we've seen before. So pitching is all. It's, I mean, that's what Major League Baseball is all about. If you have good pitching, you have a good team, and we've seen that in um, in years past with. Uh, teams that maybe don't have a whole lot of high-profile guys as far as hitting, but they have solid pitching and they can go deep. Um, Oakland Athletics come to mind right off the bat. So uh, you, you, the pitching's got to get better, and it will. Um, Jim Leland uh, will will make sure that happens for sure. But uh, yeah, bullpen has not been great this, this especially in this but, series. But, but see, Max, how do you know it will? That, that's what I'm trying to understand. Is because this pitching staff, what signs does it tell you besides of the the experience from Verlander? They've had well. They've had success in the past with some of those guys. Um, you know, even guy like Sanchez, who just wasn't having a good night in Texas. He uh, he's I mean, he was still in their playoffs last year, and really the second half of the season. And we've seen the bullpen uh, clamp down before. You know, playoffs. Phil Coke came out of nowhere in the playoffs and really kind of saved the Tigers back into that bullpen, being their uh, closer once Valverde kind of fell off the map. So they've had success in the past, and I think you have to base that off, uh, base off that just because. They've had success before, and people go through slumps. Sometimes it's just not your day. Beautiful thing about baseball is it's a 162-game season, so if you have a bad series, it's not the end of the world. Right, and then, of course, if you have a bad series, you could shake it up. But look, we've seen Ryan Rayburn. How many bad series has that guy had? We've seen Brennan Bosch. The story of the Tigers, ooh, he's going to be the next big hitter. Watch out for Brennan Bosch. But guess what happens? People pick up on you. And that's why I'm so concerned because I'm worried that pitchers like Porcello, pitchers like, I don't even want to say Verlander, but I mean seven runs from Verlander. And sure, Jim Leland said his stuff was great, and as he should, he's his manager. But you can't tell me you're not the slightest bit concerned about Verlander's performance. He definitely showed that he was human, that's for sure, and we don't see a whole lot of uh, human performances, if you will, from Verlander. I still am. I'm confident, though, that he'll be fine. Um... You know, I've seen him get lit up. So, so on a scale of one to ten, ten being what? Ten, ten being I'm scared. I'm running to trade pitchers. We're done. Or one being, uh, it's just a game. As far as Verlander or yes, the pitching. As far as Verlander, I'm a one. I'm not worried about him all at right, all. All right, all right. Now, now let's go to pitching. Now, how how really worried are you about this relief pitching from one to ten? Uh, three. Because I think that they have lots of young talent. I think the only question is. What will that young talent be like when it gets down to the end of the season, or if they get to the playoffs? So, what do you what do you think it's going to be like? You think it's going to be a young pitching staff that's been eat up, high R- high ERAs? Well, in, in the last two years, they they made the playoffs. Their starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal, and I think that's made up for maybe what they are lacking in their bullpen. So. I think eventually you're going to have to change that formula because obviously they haven't gotten a World Series ring yet. They've gotten to the World Series, but I mean it's still that's still the same thing as not having a World Series ring. So I think they're going to have to make some changes. We also could see it maybe something before the trade deadline. Maybe they go out and get a a solid middle reliever, or maybe they go out and get um, someone to rival Valverde for the closing job. We've seen Dave Dombrowski go out and do some things that really no one expected. So um, I, I'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but I, I think eventually, over time, you know, someone's got to get better. Someone's got to mature and step up in big games. I think they'll do that. Absolutely. 517-432-3893. What is your take on the Detroit Tigers? On a scale of 1 to 10, are you ready to get rid of Albuquerque Coke and the whole gang? Are you willing to make a free agent signing? How worried are you? Feel free to send us a tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, alongside with this whole ordeal about Tigers pitching, let's look at Austin Jackson. I mean, how many games of this last Texas series and even before that are attributed to Jackson's performance? I mean, before he even went out with his hamstring injury, his, his batting average for his last 20 at-bats was awful. He's he's so important to their team, though, because 
he he's a guy he can get on base really really easily and he's fast it's something that the tigers have lacked in the past is lots of base running speed and i think they've certainly missed him they missed him they would have missed him in texas had he played um nets no nothing against uh, obviously el garcia or anyone else who's filled in for his shoes but anytime you can get a guy a leadoff guy who can get on base and whose you know single is might as well be a double if they you know if they have good running speed it's going to be her and that's and he's a guy that sets up for those crazy numbers for Cabrera guys like Fielder even a Martinez um, later in the lineup so he's missed and uh, no doubt we we saw last year Quentin Barry filled in for him and played absolutely stellar um, but you can't have a, a Quentin Barry uprising every year so be inter- interesting to see what happens uh, but no doubt they've been missing him right five one seven four three two three eight nine three no Quentin Barry uh, but. Let's jump now to another big loss for another team this year, and it's been without Smith. The Detroit Red Wings, as, as they somehow pulled off a Game 7 win against Anaheim, they come into the Blackhawks tied 1-1 when people thought that this might have been a, a Blackhawks sweep. And Mike Babcock said it last series, I feel very good about this team because they're getting better every game. And last game, as they won 4-1 to with a Phil Bula goal, with a Franzen goal, with a, with, with a Brendan Smith goal, this team looks very poised, and I think that this team can win the series, Max. I think they can, too. Um, you know, I actually was quite surprised how well they played. I didn't think that they couldn't play well in this in this series, but I was surprised how it was really a Jekyll and Hyde thing as far as Game 1 and Game 2. And they came out, their offense was incredibly aggressive, and they had really good defense. And um, it's certainly a game-changer. I mean, they're now 2-0 and on Game 2 road games uh, in the playoffs this year. And, uh, you know, we saw what happened in the last series, how they were able to pull it out, even not having the home ice advantage for the start. Now they do have the home ice advantage because they took one on the road. So um, it's no doubt a completely different series now. And not only is it a completely different series, but I just want to look at the Chicago line. I mean, they're shuffling six different players around right now. What does that say about the Chicago team? Because if I'm Chicago, and I'm not even set on my four four lines, I mean, we saw Detroit make a minor change, uh, you know, throwing in Patrick Eves last series in Game 7. But how crucial is it for Chicago that they're not even set with their own players? It's definitely not promising. You don't want to be throwing around six different players or so when you're this deep in the playoffs. And um, I think the Red Wings need to take advantage of that. If they're not sure who they're going to have on, on this line or the other line, that they need to take advantage of that and match that with their own power. So it's, it's odd. You don't see it very often. And if you're Chicago, do you panic? Maybe a little bit because... Certainly, you can't have one line carry you all the way to the playoffs. Um, maybe you can get past a couple games or maybe even a series, but eventually you're going to have to have uh, some consistency, and right, right, it'll right. be interesting and, to see and, what they do. And just a quick line, Detroit Red Wings not making any changes to their front lines at all. So very good to see. Predictions, you think they're going to do it, Max? Well, I think they will now. Um, you know, I, I was coming, we talked about it last week, how we, we thought they would have to play pretty much a perfect series. Um, if they keep doing what they've been doing on defense in Game 2, uh, we saw in, uh, in the second period in Game 2, Chicago didn't even get a shot on goal until 90 minutes in, and that's with a power play. So if they can do that and get less shots on goal for Jimmy Howard, they, they got the series. More than Mary. Uh, you know, I'm going to say they're going to do it in five. I, I think the Red Wings are going to take two and then go out there and do it. Uh, Let's move on now and jump to the Detroit Pistons in this upcoming draft. I mean, from Andre Drummond last week to training with Hakeem Olajuwon, helping with his offensive game, he's now going to be the face for the Pistons at the NBA draft as he will be representing them when they make their selection within, hopefully, the first 10 rounds. But that all depends on the lottery because as the NBA scouting combine happened this past weekend and the NBA draft lottery is tomorrow night, we've seen this Pistons team in years past move up plenty. We saw what happened with the Vancouver, uh, with the, I think they were then Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Uh, we, we saw what happened with, uh, no, I think they were Vancouver back in 2003. Oh. Regardless of what happened, we saw the Grizzlies move up to the number two pick, and that was eventually traded to Detroit. But the Grizzlies were supposed to have, I think, the number 12 pick. They moved up all the way to number two. We've seen the Pistons team sometimes move up, sometimes stay still. And although the odds are slim, it still can happen, as we saw with the Grizzlies. You know, it's, it's unpredictable, really, especially, I think, in this draft, because I think there's a lot of good picks that they have, not only that could line up for them, even if it goes as projected. But, I mean, we saw last year, I mean, it's, I mean, the NBA draft is, to me, one of the least predictable drafts, just because, oh, yeah. because I oh, mean, yeah. we saw Draymond Green last year, supposed to get the Pacers, and he fell all the way to the second round, so, um, but... 
so I'll, I'll be interesting to see interested to see what they get but um no doubt they they kind of have to have a lot of options as who's who they want and they kind of have to do a little bit of math there to see who's going to get picked and who's not and talk to other executives from different teams right and who will the pistons pick well and victor oladipo interview with detroit had him leaving as detroit having quote-unquote one of his favorite interviews, quote unquote, for the draft so far. So, pretty good sign for Detroit for Oladipo. He'd love to be there. I mean, if he fell to the Pistons, if the, somehow uh, the Detroit Pistons moved up, how great of a fit would that be? It'd be phenomenal. We talked about it last week. How how much he would, how much of a good fit he would be, and him and Brandon Knight, kind of in that backcourt, or maybe even in the small forward position for him, would be would be a really lethal combination. Those are both really quick guys, and I I just think you know, it was it's good to see that he enjoyed the Pistons interview so much because I think the Pistons really enjoy him as a player. So I'd be excited, I'd be thrilled. I think that would be a best case scenario for them. Right, but and here's the other thing I'm going to make the contrasting argument. We're a Big Ten school, and we've seen Victor Oladipo. Before the, before the NCAA tournament, more than most teams. Now, when it comes to a guy like Shabazz Muhammad, he's a guy that has a lot of hype over there at UCLA, and we haven't seen him as much. So from that angle, I'm going to see we may be a little Victor Oladipo biased. I'd agree. So we'll have to see from you. 517-432-3893. There's still time to call in 15 minutes left in the show. Going to give you a quick rundown of what to expect. We'll get into more on the Pistons with Charlie Villanueva with some with some interesting news today. Uh, some NBA playoff predictions. At 7.50, we'll get into some Detroit Lions coverage. Uh, what happened with, with Calvin Johnson, which is a shocking story on why he may not be so mega. And then Stephen Tolock having a new update with Titus Young. We'll get to that. And then, of course, capping off the show, this is going to be a great uh, a goon of the week. And Randy Adams over there is going to queue up a great clip for us on uh, something that you just have to hear. Uh, very lyrical content. <laughs> uh, but now let's move real quickly to Charlie Villanueva because he made an interesting contract extension with Detroit. He's going to stay another year. Uh, we can't hear your boos, but you may be booing a little bit upset over there. What's your take on this? I thought it was very interesting to um, put it in a in an appropriate way because, you know, how much of, of a future does he have with Detroit? I'm not sure. I think you see guys like right, right, right. And, and keep in mind, real quickly. Sorry to interrupt you, but he's just extending. He he had one a one year extension possible. So it's not that the Pistons have wanted to take him back. It's he decided to stay in Detroit. Hmm. But for me, he doesn't really have another place to go. He does not. No, I. I think that's probably was his only option at, at this point. Um, you know, you got to look for a job. So, you know, I think uh, down the future, he's. I, I think he, a team can use him. I, I, I no doubt. I don't think he's going to have to scramble for a job, but I think a team will use him. I just don't know if he's he's the right fit for the Pistons anymore. Based on you know, they have Drummond, they have uh, Craig Monroe, who could also be thrown in that category. But I think he has a little bit more uh, solid of a, a job security than Villanueva. Um, and that could mean that one of them might be on the move too. Correct. That's very correct. They that could always they could always use them for leverage. Very good. And then of course some interesting news coming from Isaiah Thomas. He obtains his masters from Cal Berkeley in education. Now, does that hint that he might be coaching anytime soon? And maybe he's gonna maybe coach a high school. We've seen him at FIU. We've seen him screw up the New York Knicks. It's true. I mean, and a lot of coaches go that way. They 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 get their masters in education. Mark D'Antonio, our very own, has a mas- uh, as a excuse me a masters in education. So. You know, we'll see what he, we'll see what he does, but you know, I'm sure he's trying to uh, itch back into coaching as well. Right. We'll just have to wait and see. And then, of course, this NBA playoff storyline has been great. I mean, who thought the Pacers would get past this New York Knicks team and defeat Carmelo? And now Carmelo has everything raining on him in New York. I mean, this is a tough time to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, he knew he knew what he was getting into when he went to New York, and he wanted he wanted to he go wanted to New York. This, this so. was his time to show why he's an elite player, and he still cannot do it. Exactly. So you can't really complain from him. Pacers, you know, we talked about last week. We thought they were going to be able to get them. So um, it's going to be good for them. They have a tremendous opponent in them, the Miami Heat. Um, I think they'll probably meet their match there. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of like the Red Wings. If they can give the Miami Heat a series, then, you know, it could be if they can steal a game on the road, then, you know, it's a whole different series. But uh, they're kind of a scrappy team, and I think they want to try and get their name out there because they're not in a big market there. Right. And, of course, with them, you've got to look at this next uh, this series right now between the Spurs and uh, the Grizzlies because um, this series between the, the Spurs and the Grizzlies is one to watch because the Spurs, who many people may have thought is a little bit a little bit too much of a veteran team now, may not be able to keep with some of these faster teams. They're certainly keeping up with them, and they are just shocked the Grizzly team from 
pick and roll defenses to hitting some great shots from Matt Bonner. I mean, this is a great Spurs team once again. Yeah, it was. This is going to be a great series. And coming in to Sunday, um, you know, I was looking at a lot of coverage, and it, people were really on the fence on who they liked. Um, I still think Memphis can bounce can bounce back. I think they 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 do a lot of good stuff down low with Gasol and Randolph. Um, I just think they're too good to just not make a name yeah, for themselves. Yeah, they're there. a great defensive team. And so, yeah. we've seen the Spurs team struggle offensively many games in the past series. So uh looks like they could hold on. But let's go with predictions. Is this going to be a Spurs Heat series again? Or is this, is this going to be, uh, do you see an upset from the Grizzlies maybe? I want the Grizzlies to win. I think the Spurs will pull it off though. Um, and, I, you know, they... You know, you can't. It's hard to bet against guys like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manny Ginobili, who've just do, been do, doing stuff so well in the past. They're obviously tremendously coached in Popovich. So I'll go with the Spurs. Um, though I would like to see the Grizzlies take it, but I think the Spurs will do it. Yeah, and I think that actually this Spurs Grizzlies series is going to go pretty deep. I think it's going to be a great series, and I, anything less than Game Six or Seven, I'd be shocked. But there's one storyline I want to talk to you about in a second that's kind of undershadowed. It's this Indiana Pacer team. We saw the first series with the Hawks. Everyone didn't even turn on their TVs because not only was it not shown nationally, uh, it didn't really matter because we thought the Knicks were going to face the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Look at it now, this this Indiana Pacer, Pacer team surprising people. Uh, and I think it heavily de- depends, not necessarily from Paul George being a star, not, not He doesn't have to be a LeBron James, but I'm saying, uh, and not of course he's not a LeBron James, but I'm saying he, it's not like he has to control the game, but I think it's going to come from down low because with, with Roy Hibbert and Wes, I mean, that, that's where their matchups really lie. And I don't think it's going to be the play from George that's going to put them over the top. I think it's just going to be Hibbert and Wes exceeding expectations. They've played really well as a team in this playoffs, and I've, they've shown no signs that they're they're not going to stop that. Miami Heat are really going to have to make sure they don't overlook this this series. I don't think they will, but I think it's going to be much more of a contest than people are going to think. And like I said, if they can steal a road win, that's almost as much as winning an NBA title because that's a completely different series if they get a win on the road at Miami. And another thing that has been stolen a lot this series, uh, this season, uh, and another sport uh, called NFL. Um, but you know what was stolen? A lot of passes. And what I mean that is a lot of passes were dropped by Calvin Johnson. And of course, he still had a phenomenal season, breaking Jerry Rice's record for receiving. Uh, but rumor has it that according to Rittenberg, that, um, Calvin Johnson, Megatron himself, had some injuries in his hands. And what that means is a lot of his fingers were hurt and several were broken. He was playing this season with broken fingers. And, of course, we saw last year he had some nerve damage against Minnesota in his fingers. But, I mean, wow. You can't necessarily attribute his drop pass to his fingers, but what a tough guy. There's two aspects to this story. Is One, it's amazing how he still broke Jerry Rice's single-seed re- re- uh, record and with with broken fingers and you really admire how tough you really is i guess we didn't really realize i mean yeah his you know they call him megatron but you really don't realize how tough some of these players are until you say wow i mean i don't think i could you know you know you can't even write with two broken fingers how do you catch a football that's going x miles an hour other side of the story is you hope that he doesn't have other serious injuries that he's just ignoring so um you, you know, you look down future and you say, you know, it's great that you were able to do this, but don't be shy if you have an injury because, you know, we need you for the long run. Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is out of this? We talked about the Madden curse way earlier in the year, but guess what? Yes, he didn't ruin his career, but the Madden curse is still true now because it shows that whoever is on the Madden cover, they get injured in some way the next season. So there's always going to be that asterisk, yes, Calvin Johnson did not miss a plethora of games like Sean Alexander and many other Madden covers, but he still was injured and it still holds true. So we'll have to see who that next Madden cover is uh, as we progress. But come on, what does it say about Megatron? And although he may not be mega because yes, he didn't keep up with his his Madden cover expectation. I mean, this guy's just a phenomenal athlete. He's an absolute freak. And you'll, you'll hear other people in the league speak uh, high volumes about him. And, you know, it's just it's crazy to think that he was so successful with, you know, he, he played better with two broken fingers than he did with healthy fingers. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just insane to me. And another guy who has an injury right now is Larry Warford, third-round pick out of Kentucky for the Detroit Lions. He has an injury to his neck in training camp right now. Uh, he did participate in non-contract til- uh, in non-contract drills uh, last Sunday, so not this the one yesterday, but the last Sunday before that uh, for caution. Is this a huge concern for you, Max? Because 
you know, with the, with the loss of Bacchus, no more chairless. This is a team that had a lot of holes in this offensive line that not necessarily were, addre- were addressed during this draft. I think it's disappointing for sure. I think um, when they came, uh, that news broke out, they kind of sighed and said, all right, here we go again. You know, it's just, you know, you, you don't want to, you hate to see someone who just gets drafted and then they get a serious injury like that. Neck inj- injury, obviously nothing to, that's uh, to take light of. So, you know, I, I think they definitely still, that's even with he was healthy, that's still a big concern for them on that, on that line. But, you know, this certainly doesn't hurt, uh, help them. And who knows, they might have to go out and pick up a free agent now. Exactly. And another thing that comes with this is you'll get free agents. And there's another free agent who was our goon last week named Titus Young. And not only is he a free agent, but he's not a free man because right now he's in jail and he faces up to seven and a half years. But Stephen Tola came out and said this past week that this is not news, that there were times that Titus Young did show him uh, some papers that he was working on about that he has an issue. And Stephen Tola came out and he said this, quote, He's aware of the situation that he's dealing with, and he showed me a paper, and we went over it, and I looked over it, and I understand it. A lot of people laugh about it and kiki and kiki about it, but it's real. So uh, it turns out, you know what? You know, I, you know, of course he was a goon last week, but you know what? It, it just happens, and that's that has to do with concussions. Sometimes things happen, you know, uh, mentally with sports, and this just isn't one of them. You know, yeah, we you know we talked about it last week and how. We still, you know, we wanted him to um, get better. And so we you found out he does have a medical condi- condition, and we certainly hope he gets it addressed. Absolutely. Now it's time to move on to one of our favorite portions following a Titus Young Goon of the Week, and it goes something like this Goon, 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 Goon. Goon of the Week. That's right. Each week at the Spartan Sports Hub, we pick a funny story. And oh my goodness, there is no funnier story than what happened to Alexis Norman, a Canadian model, in a public figure. This past weekend in the NHL playoffs, uh, Alexis Orman is her name, and she did an attempt of the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, and we're going to play this clip for you right now. But apparently, this Star Spangled Banner did not go as well as people thought. First of all, first gleaming? Uh, are, are they first gleaming? Does that mean that, you know, this is the first time thing? All right, we're going to keep this rolling, Andy, and, and get ready for this. Who's broad stripes and bright stars through the parallel Oh, my goodness. And she just stops. She just stops. The crowd claps. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. you don't have to take a 15-second pause. She doesn't even know, though. But no, we're, we're not done. We're, we're not done with this yet. It's going to keep rolling. All right, all right so she's, she's attempting this again. You know, she's going to start over. over. You're going to start over, of course. Come in, come in with the clean slate. But gonna keep listening. Wait, I, I think she said... Proudly we sailed. Uh, I guess we're sailing. This is Christopher Columbus all over again. And it's going to keep going. Uh, and, and they're still gleaming. The twilights are still gleaming. And it's daytime. They're still gleaming. So you can look at this on the Yahoo blog, uh, NHL Puck Daddy, worst Star Spangled Banner ever heard hockey game. That, that's that's the website you need to go into. And, you know, that's amazing because she actually came out and said that uh, she tweeted. She said, quote, I'm embarrassed and deeply sorry. I wish I had more time to learn the American anthem. I mean, goodness, Max. I mean, how much time do you need? 
that was the that's brutal it was excruciating and um i don't know if, if it's me and i'm and i'm singing thousands of people i'm probably gonna learn that pretty well so i don't know not not good for uh for her or the united states or even canada's reputation at that of course and another thing about the national anthem is i mean we've seen scripts before but she paused twice we, we saw her start from the beginning many times and she just couldn't get it done yeah, it was brutal. Anytime you start over in the middle of it is bad. At any time, at one point, she was just basically humming, which is never good either. So pretty much it was just, it was the perfect storm. And uh, if it wasn't for the crowd, it might have gotten a lot worse. And that's going to do it for us at the Spartan Sports app. We're going to keep the computer turned off, Randy, because we're about to end the show with our boy, the man of the hour, Jay Dent Bull himself. Again, I'm Alex Sharg. Same time, same place, every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. I want to give a thanks to Max King for coming on with us and get ready for Impact Sports because it is slowly evolving and we're going to make some noise. Well, that's going to do it for us at the Spartan Sports Trap. I'm Alex Shark. Same time, same place next week. Your boy Jet Deadpool is going to take it off of me. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.